Welcome to Talking Biotech, the podcast dedicated to exploring the latest advancements in biotechnology, sponsored by Calabra, the R&D software that accelerates scientific discovery with AI. Each week, we'll dive into the latest innovations and discoveries with industry leaders and pioneers. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin Fulta. I want to see science serve a useful purpose to improve the standard of living for all people. Why is anyone fighting food advance? A very small percentage of the world's population is fortunate enough to have the luxury of turning down food. We've arranged a society based on science and technology. There was nobody who understands anything about science and technology. You can't build a peaceful world on empty stomachs and human misery. You're listening to Talking Biotech, the weekly podcast illuminating issues in agriculture and medical biotechnology. Your questions and concerns are answered using a science-based approach with the goal of driving innovation to application with communication. Now here's your host, Dr. Paul Vincelli. Welcome to the Talking Biotech podcast, the weekly podcast where we discuss contemporary issues in science and technology with a focus on biotechnology and new innovations that can help people and the planet. I'm Paul Vincelli, sitting in for Dr. Kevin Folta, and today we're we're going to be talking about a research paper that was published uh, in the journal Sustainability, and the title of that paper is Corporate Concentration and Technological Change in the Global Seed Industry. And uh, we we have with us today Dr. Sylvie Bonny from the uh, INRA, AgriParis Tech INRA, the National Research Institute. From uh, I'm sorry, Sylvia, I can't pronounce the town you're from, but it's I know it's about 30 kilometers, roughly, or it's west of Paris. Is that? Uh, uh, yes, approximately. I am in France, yes. in the National Institute of Agricultural Research, which is a national institute, uh, publicly funded institute. Wonderful. Good. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it, it looks like a beautiful place to be. I uh, did a little, a little bit of research on it so, uh, so that I could imagine where you were. So, uh, so thanks for joining us. We appreciate your, your time. So, um, so again, the title of the paper, and this is an open access paper uh, f- for the listeners. It, the title is Corporate Concentration and Technological Change in the Global Seed Industry. And that's an issue that many people seem to have an interest in um, in many parts of the world. How did you, before we go into your specific results, Sylvie, what, um, how did you become interested in this topic? Uh, first, because as uh, you just uh, mentioned, There have been many and many papers in the media about the recent consolidation trend, particularly with the mergers of or buyout between Bayer and Monsanto, uh, Syngenta and ChemChina, and uh, Do and Dupont. Therefore, uh, in the last... uh, in the last two years, there have been many and many papers about 
this uh, consolidation. And in addition, uh, for many and many and many years and uh, almost and uh, two decades, three decades, there have been many and many debates and uh, controversy, a big controversy about genetic engineering and new technologies used in plant breeding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you cer certainly will have the attention of our, our listeners. In, in fact, when I, I do outreach on genetic engineering of crops and, you know, both in my state of Kentucky as well as uh, periodically in other parts of the country or even world. And um, very often concerns about genetic engineering, uh, maybe one of the top for many people is uh, the consolidation and uh, economic strength of the seed industry. So you're, this is uh, certainly a, a topic you've, you've kind of carved out some, some good uh, scholarship on. What, you know, you've got several uh, results here, people, and people, if you're interested, it's, a, it's an easy read. It's a good paper online to, uh, in open access. What, what would be sort of, um, how would you describe the seed industry in terms of its economic um, contribution to the food system relative to other sectors of the food system? Uh, there are uh, two opposite uh, view, views uh, on this uh, on the seed industry the first one is from uh, naturally speaking it is uh, base it is a very important sector because uh, seed is uh, the base and the foundation of the whole food chain of course mm -hmm. but from an economic point of view as it is explained in the first two uh, graphs, figures mm -hmm. of the paper, uh, the seed industry represents a very small part of the, in the total, in the global and total agri-food chain because the major uh, stakeholders are at the end of the agri-food mm -hmm. chain it is the big uh, retailers such as particularly in the USA, Walmart and some other big uh, retailing companies. Actually, I'm going to do something that never occurred to me before, but I'm going to uh, invite listeners to actually pause the podcast and, and get a copy of this paper so you can look at the charts that uh, Dr. Boni is, is uh, referring to. Once again, the paper's title is Corporate Concentration and Technological Change in the Global Seed Industry. And so she's been referring to two um, – or uh, Sylvie, you're referring to figures one and figures two, and and they ve they show very clearly, you know, how small a part economically of the food system globally, how small a part is the seed sector comprises. But at the same time, you say yes, and it's a very important sector. Some people view it as import very important sector, even if it's dwarfed by uh, food distribution, uh, the economic. Uh, component of food distribution or food processing. Seed is the beginning of the food production system, and so maybe in that sense it's very important. So those are very interesting points. So um, so another thing that, that struck my attention was um, 
was in your your um, your finding that uh, that in fact this, there's substantial economic growth expected in the seed industry. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, uh, the majority the majority of the seed uh, industry companies uh, think that uh, this is uh, very uh, a sector with uh, a bright uh, pros- prospect mm-hmm. because of population growth and the reduction is globally speaking and particularly in some uh, country countries uh, because of the reduction in the land area or the cropland area particularly if in addition you take into account the impact of climate change and the risk of that uh, some uh, big uh, deltas which are uh, now uh, highly cultivated, uh, can no more be cultivated because of uh, flooding. And in addition, and you know this because you are, you are, you work in this field, there is a risk of increased uh, disease um, for uh, crops. Therefore, uh, all these aspects uh, explain that uh, there is a great uh, need for uh, novelties and uh, improvement in the seed sector and in seeds uh, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, uh, and, and again, those who f- are following along with the copy of the paper, we're referring to Table 1, and in fact, you reported... Um, increases expected increases uh of uh compound annual growth for the seed industry of anywhere from 6.8 percent annually to um i think the high was over 13 percent annually so uh so really it it does it does appear to have the seed industry does appear to have a bright future and as you explain uh this is the case because of of uh trends such as population growth uh, and negative trends, including the reduction in, in available arable land and all the impacts of climate change, and I'll add to that soil degradation. So, so really, uh, for a number of reasons, I, and I, I never really put it all together until I read your paper, there is, uh, you know, it's, there's a lot to be, uh, to be uh, uh, you know, if you're a seed company, it's, it's, it, it appear, the, the future appears bright. Yes. But what next for you? What what sort of in in your paper struck you as um, you know a significant finding as you th- consider the future of of uh, global seed sales? Uh, the main aspect is the debate and the controversy uh, about seed consolidation that mm-hmm. uh, is uh, now uh, ongoing. And because uh, many and many papers in the media in general uh, uh, show uh, a rather uh, worried point of view. 
Mm-hmm. But when you read a few other papers, uh, they insist on uh, the, all the advantages and uh, improvement uh, resulting from the consolidation trend. I would like to... I uh, tried to write a rather balanced papers, paper because I have read many and many papers which uh, were very manichaean. Either they say it is very, very, this concentration is very dangerous and okay. must be stopped. Okay. Or some other papers say, no, 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 it is a very good opportunity right. to have a new uh, improvement in plant breeding and in the seed industry. I tried to write a rather balanced paper mm-hmm. yeah. in order to explain uh, the different point of view mm-hmm. and the reason of the divide between very different point of views sure. and particularly between perhaps the USA and uh, the European countries. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to, I thought you did a very nice job of, of, of bringing sort of that analytical approach to the topic. And, and uh, I think it was table two. We'll, we'll talk about those because I think, again, you, you, you really brought in the perspectives of opposing um, positions, but uh, to, to really highlight this concentration uh, and consolidation of the seed sector, uh, I'm going to I'm going to highlight this figure seven for those again who have a copy of the of the paper, and for those that don't, we'll explain it. Basically, what uh, Sylvia shows here is um, the um, the the percent of the global seed market that uh, is comprised of the top five, uh, the six through the ten uh, companies, and then uh, eleven through twenty, and it, it's just a very striking graph that the top five companies, if, and tell me if I'm mistaken here, uh, Sylvie, but what, it, what, it, what your figure shows is that from 1985 to um, 2015 and 2016 maybe, um, there is a tremendous growth in just one uh, group here, and that is the group of the top five seed companies. And so they went, they, they went from – being 10% of the global seed market to being somewhere over 50% of the global seed market since 1985. And and that's a very striking growth. So am I interpreting that correctly? Yes, there have been in uh, a very strong uh, consolidation trend in the last few decades, particularly because some big uh, crop protection companies such as Monsanto and uh, Dupont, but also uh, Syngenta, etc., mm-hmm. have uh, bought many small seed uh, companies okay. and therefore uh, there have been very specific particular particular movement with the entry of these big chemical companies in the seed sectors because um, 
Previously, the seed sector was a sector of rather small enterprises coming from the agricultural and purely uh, seed-oriented uh, enterprises. But after uh, 1990, approximately, there have been Uh, many and many mergers and acquisitions, particularly by these um, chemical companies which were involved in um, crop protection activities, such as Monsanto, uh, Dupont, uh, Syngenta, uh, Doe, etc. Et and therefore, these companies, because of... Uh, this their um, buyouts and uh, some other uh, mergers mm -hmm. have uh, become uh, very important and therefore um, a few uh, seed companies now uh, have a high market share in the global commercial uh, seed um, sales. But as I uh, This is a parenthesis, as I uh, mentioned in the paper, the global seed market and even the global commercial seed market is not well known uh, because it is uh, difficult to have a right assessment and as it is um, described in the paper, paper, you can find various value for the amount of the global commercial seed market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, there's a paper I'm sure you, you know quite well. I, it's one of my few uh, on this topic. It's the paper is entitled Visualizing, Visualizing Consolidation in the Global Seed Industry. And in that paper, uh, and that one may be open access too, I can't remember, but um, that paper shows um, like the, all the companies, seed companies that the, the big three seed companies have purchased over a period of about 20 years and uh, Monsanto consuming, <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know, that could be 30 or 40 companies shown in this figure and Syngenta buying others and DuPont buying others. And um, so, yeah, it's a very striking uh Uh, thing to to see in this paper and and you had a figure there figure nine in your paper that the one that we're discussing where the big th the big seven companies become the big four and so for many of our listeners will know this but um but maybe not so uh so th for the listeners monsanto and buyer there's a, a buyout of monsanto by buyer that is going through uh regulatory processes and has is, is probably near completion. So two becomes one, Monsanto and Bayer become one. Uh, Syngenta is being bought out by ChemChina, so two, those two become one. And DuPont and Dow are merging, and so those two become one. So the big seven, BASF is the, the, the additional company. The big seven in your figure nine are, uh, then become these new mergers and buyouts become the big four. Um, so it's very well documented in your, your paper. Let's take a break, and I'm very in, excited to talk about what it means from different people's perspective, and I know you've 
given that significant weight in the paper. But we'll take a short break. And so we're talking to Dr. Sylvie Boney of, in, of INRA in, in France and uh, a research uh, scientist. I, I failed to mention that before. And when we come back, we're going to continue to discuss corporate concentration and technological change in the global seed industry. Thank you for listening to the Talking Biotech Podcast. Memories light the corners of our minds, scattered pictures of the smiles we left behind, smiles we gave to one another, or the way we were. The way we were in 2017, it was an outstanding year for the Talking Biotech Podcast. The addition of Dr. Paul Vincelli, contributions from others, and more good new science than you could shake a stick at, gave us 51 new episodes. Number 52 will be a special recap of 2017. If there are special guests, special moments, or other nuggets you'd like to see revisited, please let us know. We'll be happy to include them in our recap. We had the overly unoriginal idea of doing a best-of segment for our final episode of 2017. Doctors Vincelli and Fulta will revisit some of the many guests, the exciting highlights, and the many laughs that took this podcast from the surprising place of 5,000 downloads a month back in January to its current traffic of over 20,000. The trends are rising and the projections are rosy, as the guest slate for 2018 is already impressive. Can it be that it was all so simple then? Or that time has rewritten every line? If we had a chance to do it all again, would we? Well, yes we will. 2018 offers such an opportunity. With a crew of contributors and scientists more excited to share their stories, we have an opportunity to tell the wonderful stories of how a technology can help people and help a planet. And we're back on the Talking Biotech podcast with Dr. Sylvie Bonny from uh, INRA, uh, Research Institute in France and uh, west of Paris uh, in a the most beautiful part of a very beautiful country. So thanks again for your time, Sylvie. We appreciate your expertise. So one of the points uh, that, that we've discussed here offline is uh, how much controversy there is in Europe, more than in, even in the United States, over this consolidation of seed industry. Um, maybe you could say just a little bit about that. Yes, there is, as uh, explained before, there is uh, high controversy and uh, many debates, hearings, and uh, even in the USA or even in uh, Europe, in many countries, there are a lot of controversy about the, the consolidation trends in the seed industry and particularly because the biggest uh, companies uh, are not only seed companies but in addition to seed and uh, you usually uh, 
these other activities are the biggest one of their activities and of their sales. These, the biggest seed companies have agrochemical segments, for particularly crop protection activities. They sell pesticides and in addition, many of them have also pharmaceutical industry and general uh, chemistry um, activities. Therefore, the seed industry is very, very heterogeneous mm. because you have from one part a few big companies which have many activities in chemistry, in uh, pharmacy, in um, crop protection and you have only uh, and you have in addition many uh, many really many uh, small or uh, medium enterprises uh, which sell only seeds therefore uh, in the debate about uh, the concentration of the seed industry uh, we must not uh, forget this great, it's a great heterogeneity, mm -hmm. uh, particularly uh, as far as the type of companies are concerned, but also uh, the diversity of crops, the diversity of seeds, and uh, of course the diversity of the farmer situations in the world. Therefore, the, the debate should not focus only uh, on uh, the, med the mergers and uh, mm -hmm. the buyouts, therefore on the uh, five or uh, six uh, major uh, stakeholders in the seed industry, but uh, the debate should take uh, into account the global seed industry, which I repeat myself is very, very heterogeneous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So very heterogeneous. We've got these uh, mergers resulting in some very, very large seed companies, but you're, you're making the point or companies that, that, that produce a lot of seed. They also produce uh, chemical products, but uh, you're making the point that the seed industry on a global level is, is still remains heter very heterogeneous, and so we've got to consider that as we go forward. So, uh, yeah, that's a good point. So, uh, I want to hear you describe something about what's outlined in Table 2, and that is op opposing views about the impact of, of this corporate consolidation in the seed industry, and, and so what... Yes. Yeah, tell us, you know, tell listeners sort of the two sides or something about the two sides. Yes, some stakeholders have great expectation uh, of the, uh, about the consolidation results. That is, uh, the large seed companies uh, can um, provide new uh, seeds and new breeding uh, techniques which will be very useful uh, because of the many challenges 
of uh, agriculture and uh, food in general in uh, the next few decades. And uh, they think that uh, with, the with the consolidation trend, uh, some uh, big company uh, will be more able uh, to find uh, innovation useful for everybody or uh, for the whole society. But on the opposing view, mm -hmm. uh, many uh, stakeholders have strong concerns because they point out uh, some big uh, drawbacks of uh, the concentration, such as because of uh, decreased uh, competition, higher seed prices, decrease in the diversity of seed supply, uh, because usually big companies uh, are um, interested to work um, are interested in uh, working for a big market, not for uh, orphan uh, seeds, which uh, or orphan um, crops, which uh, represent a small, very small part of the market, and uh, this uh, sector can be abandoned. Therefore, this can lead to uh, concentration in uh, the number of uh, crops, in the number of, and for this reason, a loss of cultivated, we can have a loss of cultivated biodiversity. Mm -hmm. In addition, you have many issues that I uh, only mentioned because they need uh, very long developments. It is the issue of intellectual property rights and uh, the issue of the control uh, by uh, the biggest company on the farm uh, and uh, more than farm activities because these big companies are now investing in new uh, segment in new uh, field, in new area which are uh, becoming more and more important, that is big uh, data uh, or um, all, the, all the innovations which are now um, ongoing in agriculture with big data and the trend uh, to adapt to uh, climate change, to uh, the consumer uh, demand for uh, more sustainable and more healthy products, etc. Because of all these um, change in uh, the global agri-food uh, industry, uh, and because of the involvement of big uh, seed company in, uh, for example, um, big data, uh, there is a, a real uh, 
concerne uh, that uh, they give too many advice, too much advices, too many recommendations to farmers, and that uh, farmers um, become much too dependent mm. on their um, recommendations and uh, the loss of autonomy mm. and uh, the dependency of uh, farms, farmers and food on the more uh, lucrative markets um, are a real concern and this is uh, important to consider because um, all these big companies depend on the on their shareholders mm. and therefore on the stock exchange market and the financial pressure can lead these big companies um, to not to think perhaps to the long term or to the durability of their products, but to short term um, results yeah. because the, financi the financialization of the global society and of every part is now very high and each company which is uh, listed in the stock exchange must have each quarter good results mm -hmm. if it is not the case all the or the majority of the shareholders will sell the, sh the, the shares yeah. and uh, put them on Amazon or Apple or uh, <laughs> yeah, another yeah. Yeah. Or Google. <laughs> therefore, therefore, this aspect is very important to yeah. consider because usually in agriculture, it is difficult to be very rich because uh, the agricultural products usually are not uh, sold at a good price. Uh, frequently, because of the high competition, uh, the agricultural prices are rather low. Therefore, farmers cannot afford expensive seeds. Therefore, this global economic uh, aspect should be taken into account. I mean, uh, people uh, cannot only see the four or five uh, major uh, stakeholders in the seed industry, they must consider that the seed industry is embedded in the global economic system where there are high pressure nowadays because of financialization to have a good result at uh, each quarter and Uh, this is not always the best way uh, for the durability mm -hmm. of the new product. 
I think that many papers on uh, this uh, domain are uh, too focused on the four major actors uh, or on the consolidation and don't uh, take sufficiently into account the whole economic system because seed companies are really uh, deeply embedded in this whole economic and financial system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can tell um, you've, you've given this a lot of thought. And, and in fact, you, you brought up um, quite, a, quite a few points, uh, particularly those that have uh, objections, representing those that have objections. And some are not even uh, really in the table. So I, I encourage you people, to listeners, to to, to uh, kind of make a list of what uh, Sylvia has said, uh, you know, like dependency, um, de-skilling, it's sometimes called de-skilling, um, you know, is an issue to consider and short-term profits. I mean, that's, companies are obliged to consider uh, the their, the profits of their shareholders. That's just the legal requirement for companies. So um, yeah, quite a, quite a thoughtful list. Um, and, and Sylvia, what, what I see in this, um, sort of the two opposing um, perspectives that you've outlined and described um, both in the paper and here today. Um, really, all of them, all of these perspectives uh, are valid. I mean, to me, you know, in other words, I, I can agree with all the advantages of the seed, you know, involving seed, large seed companies in seed production uh, using the most advanced techniques of genetics. And then I can see all the, and, and accept all of the criticisms that those, um, some, some of whom are my friends uh, who, who raise objections. So, so, so I sometimes think that this debate with respect to the, the role of corporations in the seed industry is, is, is maybe as much a surrogate for visions of, uh, different visions of farming systems. You know, um, and and so if if I'm favor of the large scale farming system and its particular advantages, then yeah, then I'm going to be in favor of GMOs. And if I if I am uh, more uh, favor the uh, small scale, highly diversified, uh, high labor input kinds of farming systems, um, then then I may object to the GMOs because they can often be derived, not always, but uh, certainly often can be derived from large companies. So, so I think it sometimes represents a, uh, you know, different, different farming systems in people's minds. The debate about uh, seed uh, concentration and uh, the consolidation of the biggest companies is high uh, because of there is a rather Manichaean uh, views uh, about uh, two opposing um, views for the prospects of uh, agriculture. Some uh, think that high-tech agriculture with uh, big data, biotech, etc., mm-hmm. is the future of agriculture because it can provide uh, some answer. Uh, uh, to the big uh, issues of the next uh, decades, mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, such as uh, population growth and uh, a decrease in uh, land, uh, in cultivated land area per, 
per capita. Mm-hmm. But uh, many people uh, don't uh, have an opposite view on this issue, particularly because um, they, they think that uh, farmer uh, knowledge and uh, farmers' activities must uh, be uh, taken into account and particularly because uh, sometimes some uh, new uh, technologies are not, um, even if they claim to be uh, very adapted or very suited to each Uh, condition, they are not really, uh, to each soil condition, they are not really adapted to all economic uh, conditions and the majority of farmers are in rather poor country and the main aspect, the main um, goal is not to increase food production globally, Uh, but food production for the people who have poor revenue because uh, malnutrition or hunger are comes uh, come usually uh, from poverty or from worse uh, or uh, some conflict in some area. Uh, therefore, it is not the, the global need is not to produce more, uh, globally speaking, but more for the people who have rather uh, low resources. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the main aspect is to increase the possibility for poor farmers or poor people to buy uh, food and for poor farmers to produce more and they will the risk is that they will not be able to afford uh, GM crops or GM seed or uh, improved uh, varieties because uh, usually they are uh, more expensive. Therefore there is a risk that the high-tech agriculture will be um, to to geared towards uh, rich farmers mm-hmm. or uh, more rich countries and will not uh, take into account the requirements of the poor farmers. Therefore, there is a movement uh, and a kind of... Um, orientation uh, calling for uh, more uh, peasant agroecology uh, which uh, take into account um, the agricultural condition the farm uh, the farmer economic situation and in addition and this is of course a very very important issue the kind of food that is Um, used because uh, uh, there are uh, uh, in uh, this kind of debate about the future of agriculture 
there are many debates about uh, the food um, food cons food consumption food patterns uh, because uh, some uh, because two industrialized uh, food Uh, consumption is not very good and uh, because of the addition of fat, uh, sugar or um, salt. And for this reason, there is a very big uh, debate, particularly in Europe, about uh, several uh, options and uh, that can be taken not only for by agriculture, but by the general agri-food chain and particularly the global agri-food, um, the whole agri-food system. Uh, the debate is not only about the kind of agriculture, it is also about the kind of food and the kind of uh, way all the agri-food chain is uh, organized. Mm-hmm. That's, that is a big issue. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and I think, yeah, I think that's probably you've identified what I find um, most distressing about this um, th- sort of the great divide, uh, uh, you know, that, that exists over genetic engineering in crops is, is, is really uh, there. It's certainly possible uh, to use genetic engineering for purposes that d- directly address the needs of smallholder farmers and uh, you know there are applications of genetic engineering that are you know that are taking place in in uh, being researched and developed in um, developing countries in African countries the U- uh, Uganda is a premier example but there are others and uh, BT uh, Brinjal in Bangladesh and others I person well I, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't be offering personal opinions on a, such a complex topic, but I, I do find it um, important to highlight that, that, that uh, it, it isn't just, just a, a you know, polar opposite corporate farming versus small-scale agroecological farming. I, I th- there's, there are really, it's just, it, you know, genetic engineering can be used by developing, farm, uh, developing countries, to address agroecological challenges, and I'm, I'm you know, I, I, I see it as a, you know, a, a not not so much a black and white issue, but a, a uh, just a series of tools that can be useful uh, in developing countries as well as for farming systems in in uh, developed um, countries. So, uh, if the if listeners want to find out more about your research. Sylvie, where where would they go? Should we put a website on the on the uh, you know on the uh, podcast? In the paper, there are many uh, literature references, mm-hmm. and uh, for example, uh, some of uh, some of my uh, papers about okay. genetic engineering, and uh, for example, one which is very easy to read is about agri- high-tech agriculture or agroecology for uh, hmm. agriculture tomorrow. It is a very short uh, paper, wow. uh, very easy to read. Uh, therefore, yeah. I, I uh, think that with all uh, the, the bibliographic uh, references, 
people uh, can have uh, uh, rather uh, good uh, idea about all the debate. And in addition, in the USA, as uh, in Europe, there are many and many papers in the media about uh, concentration in the seed industry, mm -hmm. but yeah. also about uh, the kind of uh, agriculture and, uh, and of uh, food pattern and uh, agri-food chain for tomorrow. Because, in the, for example, in the USA, I have noticed that farmer markets and local produced food have um, grown in uh, the last few years uh, in terms of uh, percentage. I mean, uh, local production for some food products have now their uh, part, even if it is rather small, in the USA. Not only the buying, uh, the fact to buy food in a big, big supermarket. Yeah, well, thanks so much, uh, Sylvie. And uh, we've been talking to Sylvie Bonny from INRA in France. And uh, the title of the paper, once again, that is open access, is Corporate Concentration and Technological Change in the Global Seed Industry. And Sylvie, it's been a pleasure to interview you and, and, uh, and hear your, your, about your important work. And, uh, and I'm going to go and find that paper you just described uh, in the references. That uh, sounds like a good, a good one. So um, thank you for, for joining us today. And uh, thank you for listening to the Talking Biotech podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Talking Biotech. Write a review on iTunes and tell a friend to listen as your support allows us to deliver more about exciting science to more people. I'm Paul Vincelli, and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Talking Biotech podcast. Please send your suggestions for guests, comments, or questions to talkingbiotech at gmail.com. Please write a review on iTunes and recommend this podcast to a friend. More downloads and reviews raise the visibility of this podcast and help us reach a wider audience with science. You've been listening to Talking Biotech, sponsored by Calabra, the platform that bridges the gap between siloed research tools. With Calabra's electronic lab notebook, scientists can work together in real time, sharing data and insights with ease. Revolutionize your research collaboration. Sign up for a demo today at calabra.app, C-O-L-A-B-R-A dot A-P-P.